Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, now joining us is Dylan Arvela, who you may know from the TBTB podcast or the Box to Box podcast, if you want to elongate that. He's here to talk to us all things Manchester United, and there certainly is no shortage there, uh, as Jose Mourinho has great trouble staying out of the news. Uh, so I guess let's start with Mourinho. What have your thoughts been on him lately? Uh, so Mourinho's had quite quite a week um, since the Chelsea game where he was whispering in Conte's ear uh, about how teams should be celebrating, which is quite ironic considering uh, Mourinho's past. Uh, he also had a hotel, an interview in his hotel um, claiming about how he's really upset that he still hasn't settled into Manchester United and into Manchester and how he's hasn't had time to spend spend with his family as two two children i think they're 17 and 20 years old spent time with his wife saying how they're they're in london how they don't have time to time to see him however it's strange that he's still living in a hotel rather than you know renting a house um in manchester so he can sort of bet in it's not it's probably probably not the smartest move on his part um but yeah, from that he's been pretty cagey with the media in the past week. Um, but he was—he did have a, a sly grin on his face after the win against Manchester City in the in the uh, middle of the week. Um, and then he sort of, but he capped his week off with getting sent off, uh, sent from the touchline against Burnley after after sort of spraying Mark Clattenburg at halftime for not giving a penalty that I, I don't think the penalty was there. To be fair. Um, but yeah, he seems to be for what for what a lot of people think is one of the most confident men in football. He seems to be show, he seems to show the show that he's under quite a lot of pressure at the moment. All right, uh, something that people have been asking about is kind of the big players. Why isn't Ibrahimovic scoring? Why isn't Pogba clicking? Uh, I, I've talked, I think, with you before about how maybe a four three three would suit Pogba better. Although I think most people would expect. Mourinho isn't about to randomly change the tactic that he's used for so many years. How do you think you can get the best out of the squad right now? Um, well, that's a very interesting question, especially in regards to Pogba. Against Burnley, Pogba actually played quite well. And in fact, United generally played pretty well in that match. And he has shown glimpses, such as in his debut and in the game against Fenerbahce a week or so ago. And even in the poorer games, he has shown signs that he's able to pick up the ball and run past people with his power because he's just a very, a very powerful player. But I've heard a lot of analysis in the past from experts that focus on like Serie A and the French national team saying that he has a problem with not knowing what he wants to be, uh, whether that's a number 10, a roaming midfielder, a central winger, or, or someone in like the Pilo role. Of course, he played with him for a long time, a few years, so you'd understand why he'd be he'd like to play that role. And I can sort of see what they're, what they're meaning now. He's trying too much and not really producing. Um, I don't think it's going to be a De Marie situation because I think... He he does have friends in Manchester United, in in Manchester, so I'm not sure whether he's going to. He feels sort of isolated from the team because, yeah, like I said, he has he has a lot of people that he knows, and he's been at the club before. Um, 
but yeah, he's trying too much. I do think four three three would be a better system, but like you said, Mourinho's played four two three one his entire career, and the the premise about going to four three three, um, you'd also need to change the style to be more more inclined to attack, which I think would suit Pogba. And I don't know whether Mourinho's got that. Will be so willing to change the whole system just to fit one player because he hasn't really done that in in his career in the past, in the past in his career. And you look at Ibrahimovic, probably the the second biggest signing for us in the summer. Um, he's gone six matches without scoring now, which for a man, another man, sort of like Mourinho, that's known for his confidence, he is looking a bit a bit off at the moment. He's and while, when he's not scoring, the fact that he's not very quick and, in fact, he's very slow um, becomes quite poignant. Um, but he's still his skill is still clear, but there needs to be bodies near him. And that's sort of why Mourinho has been playing the likes of Lingard and Rashford near him. Very quick players, very mobile players um, to, to sort of help him. But I don't think they've gotten close enough. Matter, who's actually played pretty well, um, from an individual standpoint in the last few games. But from the from the a team's perspective, he probably isn't getting close enough to Ibrahimovic either. either. Um, our other signings have been, well, one of our <laughs> one of our only good signings, Eric Bay has been has been quite quite good. He has shown glimpses that he he can go off the rails. Uh, the goal, the first goal against Manchester City, he was at fault for that. And he does go in for some wild challenges, which, you know, on, on another day could see him sent off. But now he's out with a knee injury for uh, up to two months, which is a major concern because we've also got injuries, injury concerns with Chris Smalling. Uh, Marcus Rojo isn't very good. Uh, concerns about uh, Daly Blinn's defending. Um so he's that's ended up being quite a substantial loss. And the other uh, big signing, who, who was my, who was the one, who was the player that I was most looking forward to this season was Henrik Mkhitaryan, come off as player of the season in the Bundesliga last year. He hasn't really got a look in. He got the first half in the Manchester derby where he got pulled, um, and then a lot of people were saying he shouldn't have started that game because he wasn't fit, um, which looked to be the case. And now apparently he's been back fit for all. A couple of weeks now, and he hasn't even got in the match day squads for the last couple of uh, Premier League fixtures and the EFL Cup game against Manchester City. So it's very strange what's happening at Manchester United. Of course, there's uh, the Schweinsteiger situation, which has I hope it isn't a similar situation with Mkhitaryan because there's a lot of money for that to for that to occur. But the signing situation has been pretty more misses than hits. Yeah, Baye picks up a very serious injury. A question that uh, we've had a lot is, how how are you going to sort this back for? Because Baye came in and was doing so well. Smalling and Blint obviously did a very good job last year. You ended with the second best defense. But you pretty much started conceding goals as soon as Smalling came in. Before that, you had actually started the season pretty well. Baye is not there for a while now. What's wrong with this defense right now? Is it that they're not getting the protection required in front of them, or is there something that's broken down at the back? 
Yeah, I think you have a you put forward a very interesting point in regards to um, not having anyone screening the back line, um, and that was that was clear in the game against Chelsea, where there was numerous occasions where the Chelsea attack was just running directly at the Manchester United back four. Um, you that's that's the downside of having Pogba and Herrera as your two holding midfielders because they're not naturally inclined to be defending. Um, and I don't think other than, I don't think we really have, have a player that's, that's made for, made for sort of breaking up, def, breaking up uh, attacking players in a, in a way that like Kante or Matic at Chelsea uh, uh, is used to doing. We have, we have Schneiderlin, but he, he's another player that um, Mourinho just, doesn't seem to fancy, and it's interesting because he didn't. Louis Van Gaal didn't really fancy him last season, um, but he, from his time at Southampton, he seems to play a most adept to sort of step in and um, secure secure the area in front of the back four. Um, you, you did mention that we were stronger before Chris Smalling, and I. I am not the biggest Chris Smalling fan. I've said on many occasions that for where United want to be as a top European club, um, a top European team rather, uh, Smalling isn't good enough. And the fact is, our, one of our captains shows that he's definitely in the plans. Of, he's definitely in the plan. Mourinho's plans in keeping keeping him in the first team, which is a concern because I don't think he's as good as some people, especially in the English media, have made out for him to be. Um, Rojo looks to looks to be one of Mourinho's options um, at centre back, but he's quite quite an average defender. Um, I've also said this on a number of occasions when we signed him from Sporting Lisbon, he wasn't their best defender, and that's not a good sign for Manchester United signing a Sporting Lisbon defender. Um, Shaw's back into the fold now, and he'll probably stay there. Um, because he is a better fullback than Dally Blind, um, and Valencia, he's he's actually picked up a broken hand, which will see him out for six weeks. Uh, but I imagine that's that's enough time to see Damian sort of bed himself back into the side, because I think Damian has the potential to be a really world class right back, uh, especially seeing seeing him in spells for Italy uh, during the during the Euros. I think he's our right back going forward. Um, in defence, he's a lot. He he's usually a lot sounder than Valencia, and he still has the ability to get it, to get forward. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, until Smalling gets back, I'm not 100 percent sure what the injury is. I think it's a might be a hamstring injury, but it's just a niggle uh, um, because he was meant to be back for the Burnley game. But in in the meantime, we'll be rolling with Dali Blind and Marcus Rojo, which is not the most secure defence, uh, in my opinion. I just realized that I didn't ask you to recap uh, the Burnley match at the top of the show. So uh, let's do that now. Uh, obviously, it was a nil-nil. Herrera gets the double yellow leading to a red. But uh, I saw some of the statistics, like the shots that were just crazy in your favor. Obviously, ends up being a draw, though. What was your view of that match? Yeah, so going into the match, United were extreme favorites. But I wasn't that. I wasn't as confident as... Uh, well, the bookmakers at least, um, because Burnley's style of play wasn't conducive to a Man United side that's failed to break down a lot of teams. Um, but that wasn't really the case because we registered 11 shots on target and about 30, 35, 
shots in the whole game, but a lot of the shots that weren't on target were from out from in front of the Burnley defence. But the ones that were on target, uh, Tom Heaton, he he except he was exceptional and kept well, he kept all of them out. Um, and for me, he was the man of the match in that particular game. Also, Michael Keane, their centre back, also played played extremely well. He registered twelve clearances in that match, and both were ex Manchester United players. And to be fair, uh, we were talking about um, Man United's defensive problems. I don't think Michael Keane would be too far off getting a start in this Manchester United side because I think he's a real quality defender, and I can see him playing at a higher level than Burnley, and he should be in the England fold, um, from my opinion, because he's had an exception season. Um, but back to United, the back line was savaged by injury, like like we were talking about, no Bay, Smalling was ruled out, Valencia was ruled out, Shaw and Damian came back into the side, Rojo was at centre-back. Um, and if we were facing a full-strength top-four side, I would predict, predict this back four to have some serious problems, um, especially the Rojo element, because I think his... his I really do not rate him, and I don't know if Blint... I think Blint, to play centre-back, needs to have a fairly stable person next to him because defensively I don't really rate his his game as a centre-back. Um, as we mentioned, Ibrahimovic has now gone six games without scoring, uh, but in this game a lot of it, a lot of that came down to uh, Heaton. He was, he, was, he was tremendous. Some of the saves he, he was making... Um, were incredible, and the fact that we couldn't get any past him sort of reminded me, well, it definitely reminded me of Lee Grant for Stoke uh, a couple of weeks ago um, against us. And Ibrahimovic also had a glaring miss in the last minute of the game, which um, he really should have done better, but you've seen that. It was from about a yard out, and you've seen you've seen the best players in the world miss glaring chances, and that, and that happens. Um, Mourinho, he was sent from the... Touchline at halftime. Uh, he was pretty upset with Mark Lattenberg, uh over the decision not to give Damien a penalty. Um, Damien went down after a challenge from Flanagan. But for mine, it, it wasn't... I don't think it was a foul. I don't think Flanagan really got contact with Damien. And there's also the argument that can be made that it wasn't even inside the box. So I think that Mourinho, he's got a lot of things to worry about, but... Um, that that isn't one of them, um, and also yeah, Herrera got sent off, and a lot of Manchester United fans are going mental about this. But I think that Herrera's got a problem in his game where he rushes in to tackles, which leads to uh, stupid yellow cards. And um, the first the first one, there's the argument that can be made that it isn't a yellow, but that's probably a fifty fifty. And then from that point. He does slip into the second challenge. However, however, it's another example of him just um, running in overzealously and losing control of himself. And and that's basically if you lose control of what you're doing, you, you're opening yourself up to a yellow card. So I'm not too concerned about him getting his sent off because I feel it was justified. Uh, it is concerning that. Um, we were without one of our main players for the rest of the game, though. So I can see why he'd be angry, but it's all down to Herrera, in my opinion. Um, and like I was mentioning Lee Grant earlier, this really reminded me of the Stoke match where we just couldn't get the goal we needed because I'm not too concerned about this United performance because we played quite well. It was just exceptional keeping and um, missing of glaring opportunities that cost us the three points in the end.
Yeah, you already talked us through uh, the defense, and obviously David De Gea is your best goalkeeper, and we talked a little bit about formation changes and everything like that. Uh, but in midfield and up front, what, what do you think your best front five or six is at the moment? And do you think that that's what Mourinho has been playing, or is there some combination of players that you think would be more effective than what we've seen thus far? Well, I think that Zlatan Brunovic has to be the striker, um, because if if he isn't played as a striker, I feel yeah, he will get disgruntled, and he still has the ability to to score twenty goals if we give him the if we get enough bodies near him. So in my in my best eleven, he's definitely our striker, and would probably United would probably be playing the four three three system. Um, but then again, before I mention the team, <laughs> that's probably not going to be something that you know, uh, Mourinho turns to. And in that, you'd have a midfield of Carrick behind Pereira and Pogba. Uh, Pogba on the left sort of gives him a channel to to run up and down and provide provide and score. Um, but you also have the the recycling ability of the ball of Carrick and Herrera, two players that I think are very similar in the way they they are able to maintain possession. But I think I think you can't have Carrick by himself. You couldn't have say Carrick, Pogba, and Fellaini. Uh, you, you need a Herrera because I feel he provides the the legs for Carrick there, um, and then in front of them, I think Marshall he hasn't really got into the side this year, but I think he's our best option out on the left. I think he's an exceptional talent, and Rashford Rashford has been playing okay out on the left, but I feel that Marshall should come back into the fold, and if he can get close to Ibrahimovic, I can see them forming a very very dynamic partnership and I want to see Henrik Mkhitaryan he's, he's in my opinion our most creative player from what he did at Borussia Dortmund and I want to see him in the side I want to see him providing for Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Martial and even scoring goals himself and I'm not sure not sure what needs to occur there's been talk about that he's not adjusting to the style of Mourinho which is concerning because that makes it sound like Mourinho doesn't want creative players in his side um, and that leaves out the players like obviously Rooney um, Mata, Rashford, Lingard who have been playing, not not Rooney of course but the, the latter three but um, Rashford his time will come, Lingard's Lingard's a fan favourite because of what he's done. So, for example, the the FA Cup final goal, and he's a very likable character, but he's probably not good enough for sort of like what I was mentioning with Smalling earlier. For the club, that, for the team that United want to be, Lingard's not good enough for the for the United side. And Matter Matter has his qualities, and it, Mourinho even gave him gave him the captaincy uh, the captain's armband in the game against Burnley. So. Clearly, they've gotten over whatever happened there, um, but I don't think he's he fits into a, into a four three three. But with with Mourinho insistent of playing four two three one, Matter seems like a player that he can rely on in games in games that aren't like the aren't the high high profile games like Chelsea and Manchester City, where he wants a midfield that's going to be more robust, um, but. Yeah, for mine, you, you need to get Mkhitaryan and Martial into the side. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Uh, obviously, at the start of the season, people thought you'd do very well this year. 
Obviously not the start you would have liked currently sitting eighth. Have your expectations for where you'll end the season changed? Uh, the expectations have definitely changed, but we still have ambitions uh, <laughs> winning the league. But we're, like you said, we're eight points off City, Arsenal and Liverpool. The latter two who have been playing exceptional football for weeks and City who started the season really well. They had a, had a dry patch, but even their game against West Brom, they, they were quite fluid. Um, and we're also seven points off the top four, uh, which is Chelsea. And obviously they battered us the other the other week. So, And there isn't really that much time for Mourinho to turn this bus around in order to still keep us in the hunt for top four. Um, but regardless, that's what United's going to have to push for. And outside the league, we're in the quarterfinals of the AFL Cup um, after beating Man City. But... I'm not sure. I'm still not 100% sure how keen everyone is on that competition. But now we're in the quarterfinals. Mourinho's probably best off trying to win that, um, something that he can at least hold on to. Um, and then there's also the Europa League. As you know, that's an outlet for Champions League football. But also, as you know, once you get to the last eight, eight, four, four or eight clubs, it gets quite, quite competitive. And 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 that's a if you put all your eggs in that basket, you can be pretty upset at the end of the season. Uh, sort of like Liverpool found out last season, but from the lineups that Mourinho has been playing in that competition, there there is signs that he is like, well, we might have to take this competition seriously. Um, but yeah, it's the expectations have definitely changed. We I, I expected us to be uh, nailed on top two this season and within you know a win or two of of being the top side in England, but now, now I'm, no one's really sure of where United's United's heading because of how inconsistent the the sides have been. All right, and you kind of mentioned Mourinho and where the focus will lie. The media started asking the question, so we may as well ask you: uh, Will Mourinho be your manager next season? Uh, <laughs> Um, Mourinho will be the manager of Manchester United unless he completely lose, loses the plot in terms of what he says to the media. Um, I'll also add the caveat that minus top four and given Manchester United's recent record with managers, I wouldn't be surprised if they, if the club made a change. But I'm always of the opinion that you should stick with someone unless you have a better option. Um and I'm not I'm not Mourinho's biggest fan, and I hate the chop and change culture of football, and especially how it's coming to the United in the last three seasons. Um, and then, but, but I, I think he I think he will be there because I don't I don't see anyone coming coming becoming available. Like you look at who are United going to get? Ancelotti's a Bayern Munich. I can see him as an option in a couple of years' time, maybe. Pochettino, I feel like he's going to, he's comfortable and happy at Tottenham. I think the only club he's going to be going to is maybe Barcelona in a few years' time. Um, but I don't see him coming to Manchester United. And really, who who else is there? There's Thomas Tuchel, but he's also he's also not not the most experienced manager, and he hasn't got a record of winning things. Even It'd be he's hilarious done. if you went to go get Simeone because he's also defensively minded. Yeah, and he can't speak English. So it's just as practice. To be fair, Simeone has Simeone. Simeone 
if you were if you're happy to keep him for five years, he could do something. But in the first year, I don't think Manchester United would have the players to even make top four under Simeone. Um, there's I don't I don't see the, I don't see the managers available unless you're going to go for you know a mid-table manager, and we've done that, and the and the fans get on his get on their back straight away. And this is why uh, in the in the end of the se- end of the season last year, leading into this season, I was very unhappy about sacking of Louis Van Gaal because because if you're looking at the whole situation, you should have been aware that it wasn't just a a manager problem. I feel I feel it's a recruitment problem. I feel that it's something more internal. Like, and a lot of people point to how Sir Alex Ferguson's sides were quite poor in his last few seasons. It's it wasn't. Obviously, that he he was out somehow through magic, through black magic, he was able to pull pull the club through and win the Premier League still. But it clearly, clearly, there's issues further than the manager. And if you just keep changing it for change's sake, it, I don't think I don't think it works. Maybe if you're trying to avoid relegation, it, you can get get a bounce out of changing managers. But for what you know, I want to do, I don't see any point in sacking Mourinho, especially after one season, unless. He loses the plot and just rants, rants on everything. Fair enough. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Would you like to tell the folks where they can reach you? It's been a pleasure being on, and you can find me on Twitter at Dylan Illoy Arvella. Thank you. Yep. Thanks so much, and uh, best of luck with all that. <laughs> <laughs>